Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Football has the longest offseason of any sports. So it's a grueling like eight months between and for some people nine months because if your team didn't make a bowl game or like they play in early December and you're not seeing football again until September I mean it's a really long time to go without football so I'm happy that it's back I'm happier that we're in the second year of the Brian Harson era and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this gets kicked out man uh, they, these guys have done a lot of work if you have not seen our building rapport series Highly recommend you go back and watch some of those player interviews. Um, they feel like they're prepared for the moment, and uh, we're going to see how it goes. Indeed, indeed. Treat your boys. Chill Boys underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys underwear will help you keep the boys close. Uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. I you was about to say something? No, I was just saying I'm ready for us to get this thing started, man. I'm, I am really tired of people trying to pontificate on things that they have no knowledge of. So I'm just ready to go see the um, the kids prove it. I've been watching so many channels outside of the Auburn space, but just football channels, SEC-related channels mm-hmm. that have no faith whatsoever in Auburn to be able to even make a bowl game. Like, I'm okay, again— Whatever you feel about Auburn and their potential to win the SEC and blah, 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 fine. But just make a bowl game. Bowl game? Yeah. Listen, did you guys see the link I sent you guys yes, from the Cover 3 that. podcast? Yeah. 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 Danny Cannell literally— Danny Cannell this, hates Auburn. I mean, just a— Yeah. I, I hate name-calling, but it was a very uninformed take. Literally, it, got, it was oh, it was pretty bad. When he started talking uh, about the interior defensive line, I was like, I was did like, you watch us last year, dude? about, right? Like— and so uh, I don't like leaving comments as a war report on other people's content, but I couldn't help it. I was just like, uh, it's pretty sad that a channel with 10K plus subs have, it takes this uninformed. Y'all, like, you guys actually have resources. Yeah. There was <laughs> one guy who, who was talking like he, he knew what he was saying. But that Top, was uh, I think it was Fornelli maybe was the one. But uh, Cannell, what got me was he said he got on. This man got on on this show and said, we don't even know how many of these players want Carson gone. Right. And I'm like, what? 
have you been following Auburn at all? If no. there were any of those guys, the they're already not. gone. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like right. you have no clue. You just talking to be talking, man. This is why nobody should take this seriously, man. Like I was, I was, I was so what mad watching that crap. Okay. Yeah. That may be Thank the you, best. Mike. That may be the yes. best catch we see all the all uh, year. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was, I, was like, yeah. I, mean, I was saying that one in a legitimate anger, which is why I think I caught it. But I, I, I just, man, there are so many. I mean, they all three of them. Three out of the four were just like under. And the one guy was no, like, actually, dude, one of the guys said he thought that we were going to have possibly the worst pass offense in the in entire the, league. And, and, yeah, right. <laughs> he like he put us in the same category with Vandy. Vandy. I was like, yeah. All right, I was like, okay, bro, guys. you didn't you didn't watch last season. But again, these are these uninformed people who think, oh, well, Bo Nix left. So there goes any semblance of being able to have a team. Right, yeah. Uh, in our 500 yard catching receiver and Kobe, he's gone. So there's nobody. Yeah, I mean, catch 500 reasons yards that they stated impressive. were Bo <laughs> yeah, like, being what? gone, Kobe <laughs> being gone, and D. Rob being gone. So that was like the majority of our pass offense. There's yeah. no way they could possibly replace that. Replace all that mediocre like, productivity. What? <laughs> what? Oh my right. god! What, what are we doing here? And like I said, man. the doubts about the pass game, whatever. It was when he made the comments on the defensive line, and I was just like, uh, "Yeah, oh, so you really yeah. know come or just, come, or, come just on. or just a lack of understanding of the culture that Harson is building." Like again, yeah. you're just reading the tea leaves and just assuming that all right, the players. That's not even tea that. leaf reading. Yeah, that's, that's like, like that's yeah. literally the best part of the team. Like that must be the strongest <laughs> unit on the team. You just got on live and said that it's not going to be good at all. Like yeah. I'm not gonna it was, it was about- bad. It, it was pretty bad. I was, yeah. I was shocked at how. Awful it was, actually. Yeah. I bookmarked that. Like, listen, I'm telling that sh- that was so bad. If Auburn starts five or six and zero, oh, I'm going to clip that show and listen, we're going to do no, a no, show no. about if, that show. Uh, listen, if we be like, <laughs> if we beat Ole Miss, we beat Arkansas. We're I'm, we're definitely coming back to that because yeah, again, I, the, the way they wrote us off against teams we beat last year. Right? Yeah. I I just don't understand how these people have so much faith. We were so bad last year, but you have all this faith in these schools that we beat last year. Arkansas, why is the outlook on Arkansas so fantastic? Old Miss, too. It's just quarterback. Same, same quarterback. thing, Old yeah. Miss. You lost your quarterback. But their quarterback now was a more highly recruited and was more impressive to most people in his limited time at USC than, than Finley was in his time here, which I'm not even necessarily disagreeing with, but there's so much more to it than that. Or, oh, listen, but assuming uh, all of them thought that Calzada they all, they all, all assumed that Calzada was, was, was the starter. It was, they, they never mentioned T.J. Yeah, Finley. so it's not even a Finley thing, man. Thanks. It was like they all sat there and waxed poetic about how Cal, I think Calzada, the one guy was like, I really think Calzada is, I was like, are you watching the race? None of you guys are watching because there's no way you would say that out loud if you've been watching this race. Yeah, you right. know he's probably not winning it right now. Like I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't. Know. We'll get to him. We'll get to these well, people. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, we brought that up. We're actually going to start off previewing it because let's be, let's face it. We've been talking about quarterbacks throughout this whole process, so why not? We save the best for last. And I think the QB picture or the QB race has become a lot clearer since fall camp began. Mm. And uh, I'll be honest. I will go first with this in terms of what I thought would happen up to this point. We've yet to play any football, so we have no idea of how the starter will fare in the month of September. I think that's fair to say. Right. Uh, the, the hope is that he fares well, because if there has to be a change, there implies that things aren't going well or as expected. And so I want things to go well. 
I really thought this was going to be a race where I really feel like the coaches were going to do something with Robbie Ashford. There will be a package for him regardless because of what he brings to this offense with his athleticism. That's something that Calzada and Finley cannot do as well as he he can. But in terms of receiving the main reps, I felt this was going to be a TJ Finley, Zach Calzada battle. And I believe that it was going to have to take Calzada much of fall camp and even part of September to actually wrestle the number one spot away from Finley. That was my thought. I thought that it was a good chance that Finley would start the season. But as September rolls along, how he does depends on if he gives Calzada an opportunity to show what he can do. And that's where it became a little dicey for me. But I thought it was going to be between those two. As it stands today, and what it looks like is that it's a TJ Finley with Robbie Ashford right behind him. And Calzada in third is what it looks like. And so I'm 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 happy for Robbie Ashford because Robbie has it appears he has a chance to really get on the field not as a person who's playing in a package but hopefully Finley stays healthy. But if we have anything like what happened last year, Ashford has a chance to be the guy. And so I, I like the fact that I've lamented this all off season. We have three quarterbacks, guys, who can get on the field and see action and. For us, for the competition to be getting between Robbie uh, Ashford and Finley, I'm excited about where we are. But I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear your thoughts on kind of where we are right now. Be will I'm going to start with you because you actually observed practice yesterday. Uh, Harson met with the media, but the, the practice was open to fans. Um, media were attended as well. And so you you observed some things. How are you feeling at this point as it compares to what you may have thought this race was going to go going into fall camp. Unlike the last practice I went to, which was about a week and a half ago, where you saw all three of the quarterbacks throwing to all the receivers. This was a pretty clear one, two, three situation as far as Garner wasn't getting reps. He was not in the mix necessarily um, for every drill that they did. And this was, again, groups, kind of each position group doing their own thing. And then some of them would come together to do some some shared drills. And in particular, what was interesting was when the wide receivers went with the quarterbacks and the quarterbacks throw short and throw in the media. So they're sharing the practice field with the defense. So they're not throwing deep routes. They're throwing short and throwing intermediate. The wide receiver coach is telling the wide receiver that's about to come up what route you're about to run and the quarterbacks just throw it. All right. It still looks. TJ is pretty consistent, short and intermediate. Um, Calzada is not, and that's why it, it, I was like, I see it. I saw it last week, but I was, I didn't think much of it. I was like, all right, so I mean, it's still early. They hadn't even done the first scrimmage at that point. So I thought we got time to iron this out, but to miss short and intermediate. And that's why part of what happened at that practice was, um, a walk on linebacker, Jake Levant. He had gotten his scholarship awarded to him and Harson made the announcement. The team went crazy and the audience right, went crazy. <laughs> um, so that was really cool. And he picked Calzada off as the like the last play of the practice for the quarterbacks, at least the part that was open. And I'm like, man, you're getting picked by like a third string linebacker in seven on sevens. And you're, you're supposed to be vying for the job, but he was getting picked by the third string linebacker in seven on sevens. And I don't know what more we needed to hear 
really, once Keesaw got up to the mic after the scrimmage and said, yeah, well, you know, Zach's coming along. He's working on some things. We don't have to do too much guesswork with his coaching staff. And I like that. Uh, before, I mean, Gus might compliment everybody who got mentioned, and then you never see him again, ever. But right. now, when you ask Harson about what he thinks about the guy, what, what Keesaw thinks about the guy, yeah, he played really well. He's coming along. He's got some more work to do, but we're going to work with him. It, I, it is exactly what it looks like in practice. Is exactly what you're hearing when each one of these guys step to the mic to talk to the media. Finley won, and it is overwhelmingly because command of the offense, maturity, preparation, and responsibility, I guess, is the best. And he went through, through great lengths to describe what type of things TJ has done to make himself the front runner in this job. And it's not, oh, every time he throws, it's pinpoint accuracy. That is not what he is saying. It is not about how pretty that spiral is. It is not about how he, you know, got out of a jam when somebody was about to get him in a scrimmage. It's none of that. It's about mentally how he's appro- approaching preparation and practice and learning and getting along with teammates, correcting people. He gave an example where a guy, he said, TJ went out there, we we're about to do a drill, and the cones were in the wrong spot. But TJ was the one who caught it. So, hey, no, that's supposed to be over there. Let's, let's, let's switch this around. Like, huh. If anybody, any of us, we have worked for places and for people, and people have worked for us probably, right? You value the person who can think like you, who can be you when you're not there. That's extremely important to you. I was supervising, working at Auburn, supervising students, and I I had my all-stars. I knew who I can lead. Dang, I don't want to be here all night. Who can I make sure is going to be here and take care of this for me? And you've got those people. You know who they are. And for a lot of people, we are that person. You make the work easier on the person above you when you can handle all the responsibilities, when you understand the operation in its entirety, and they don't have to sit there and monitor every decision you make. TJ is now that guy for Brian Harson and for Coach Kesaw. I understand why he is leading this job, and I fully expect him to be named the starter when they name a starter. I don't think that's it, though. I think Robbie Ashford is making probably more spectacular football plays. And what he lacks right now is experience and command, but that's just a matter of time. He was very complimentary of Robbie Ashford in in his ability to how much he's worked since he got here in the spring and improving and throwing the ball and throwing the ball more consistently. And he's been complimentary of him almost every time he steps to the mic talking about what they did in practice and scrimmages. I don't think this is like a... TJ's a starter, shut the gate, lock it, pull the screen down, and and that's it. It's not. Right now, TJ has a lead in things that make sense for him to have a lead in. For somebody who's been on this campus for 12 months, he practiced as a starter for South Carolina, Bama, three weeks leading into a bowl game, was practically getting starter reps all spring. So he's got about, what, seven, eight weeks of lead-in, not to mention whatever he learned of the offense before he actually got to that point late last season, of course it makes sense that he has more command. Of course he has a better understanding of the offense. Of course he knows what they expect. That is not the, the entirety of the competition, though, because there is time for anybody who is going to be sitting in practice, in the practice room, in the film room, to get a better and better understanding of what they want to do, how they want to do it, and even to see it live. Even if it's not Robbie getting live reps, game one as a starter, he's going to get reps. 
And when he's not getting reps, he's going to be on the sideline, probably phoning in, calling in plays for TJ. It's like they're going to be involved. I don't think it is. We know who the starter is going to be. We'll say this. I know who I think that they will name the starter, but I don't think that's the entirety of the competition. I don't want to crap on Zach Calzada. Like, um, I think the time that he missed critical on the front. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. Front end of the spring was really critical. critical. I think it was more critical than they thought that it was going to be. Yeah. Um, because when he interviewed with us, he talked about how limited he was there on the front end of those months. Like literally couldn't yeah. do anything. Couldn't run, couldn't lift, right? You know, it, it felt like conditioning was an issue once we got to summer. Uh, and he needed that time. But again, time and time again, we've talked about how critical spring is for guys who are vying for starting jobs. I think there was an overwhelming feeling that based on what he accomplished last year on the field, that he would be able to make up that ground quickly. And mm-hmm. I don't think it came happen. I honestly I wouldn't be I wouldn't be the way from what we're hearing about how Calzada is doing in practice, I wouldn't be shocked to hear that there's something going on that we don't know about. Well that's this is what this is what I want to ask you, Mike, because Robin Powell asked this. Do you guys think it's because Zach is still having trouble with his shoulder injury? Do you think that's a potential factor here? Yeah, like again, I I, I don't want to speculate about injuries or non injuries, but I'll tell you what, like a lot of these guys are competitors and we hear the story a lot where they were hurt and they didn't want to tell nobody. Yeah. That they yeah. were hurt because they didn't want to lose the opportunity to play. They didn't want to be set back, or they tried to play through it just to find out, hey man, I'm still hurt. So um, you know, it, it's tough for a lot of these kids to lose a whole year of your life. You know, um, another year you got to sit on the sidelines. Another year for the next young stud to come in and maybe take the job. Right? I mean, it, it's tough. There's a sense of urgency around a lot of these players to play now because you just never know if you're going to get your shot. And there's always somebody coming for your spot. So Chris Todd told us a lot. He said, listen, man, they're always trying to bring somebody in that's better than you. So I think Zach is is, is a talented – I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's got the right work ethic. Um, and just for whatever reason, it's not coming together for him for this season, it seems like. But I still do feel pretty confident that based on his in-game experience, if we got in a situation where we needed him, he'd be able to step in and perform admirably. So I get you. You got to win the job in camp. You got to win the job in practice. This is the bottom line. But I still think he's a guy who could step on the field and do some really, really good things for Auburn if called upon at some point. So I, I just want to make that point about Kelzada. Um, and I want to get into, and we'll 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 show the list of quarterbacks past, present, incoming. We'll look at that and kind of talk about each of the QBs individually. But I, I want to talk about. Harson's assessment of the QBs on yesterday when he met with media. And let's kind of talk about that. I want to get your thoughts on this, Ike. But let's 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 play the first clip. But overall, like we're what we're looking for from the quarterbacks is operation. You know, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, I know everybody wants to see these guys go out there and just make plays, but you have to get the call from the sideline. You got to communicate it, you got to operate. And that's the most important thing right now is is what we're looking for. Um and they did that. So they did a good job with that. Then they made plays. 
So probably that third series, fourth series, it started to pick up. Tempo picked up. Uh, execution picked up. And I thought TJ did some really good things in the scrimmage as far as just managing the clock and the situations and and making sure that we didn't have to call timeouts. So he's has he has a really good awareness on the field. I thought Robbie made some plays, um, just standing in the pocket and throwing. He made some plays with his feet and getting out and scrambling and making a few throws. Uh, Zach did a nice job as well. He moved the chains and um, scored touchdowns. So all three guys, you know, Holden didn't get a ton of reps in the scrimmage, but those three guys mainly, um, they all did some positive things that we needed to see from them. So, Ike, the more Harson talks about his quarterbacks, the more we get an idea of what he's looking for. And it is, it's a lot of what B actually just said. He's looking for a guy who has the command of the offense, who's kind of like an additional coach on the field, who understands what needs to be happening at this particular moment in time. But he also has praised Robbie Ashford's athletic ability and his playmaking ability. It's, that's not lost on him. But it, we are getting an idea of what what's really important to him as a coach and what he looks for in his quarterback. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty clear that he wants people to be having awareness of what's going on at all times um, and being able to execute on those things proficiently because they do have a pretty extensive playbook. And when you only have access to a limited portion of that, it limits what plays you can call. If your quarterback doesn't know, you know, but 20, 30% of your playbook, then I can't do all these exotic things that I want to do because he can't execute it. Right. Like this, having a bunch of people at really great skill positions really only matters if you can get them the ball consistently or mm-hmm. I can call plays to put you all in the scenario to be able to do it. But if I have to make that call and the QB's like, what? Uh, you have to be able to know that stuff really. And so it, it allows your offense to get up to speed more quickly when your quarterback understands what's going on. Um, you know, I, I saw some people kind of making fun of this on uh, in, in some of the social media areas. We're talking about, you know, TJ didn't have to lay a games, right? A lot of that has to do with, um, you know, just understanding what the down and distance. I think he was talking. He, he and we may, might have a clip where he's talking about this. Just understanding where we are in down and distance and what the coach is likely to call yeah, makes it a yeah, lot easier for that. you to get quickly into stuff because you kind of know this is what we're where we're probably going to go. And so, like when the call comes in, it's you're already in that mindset, and you can go more quickly. You can move faster as an offense when your quarterback has command, and when you get to the line of scrimmage, you can understand what this play is designed to do and understand, man, where, where, how they're lined up defensively, this isn't a good look for us. We need to get into something else. And I understand what the better look is for this based upon what the personnel is and the down and distance. Those types of things are things that you can't really teach quarterbacks how to do. The inverse of that, you can't teach athleticism that Robbie has, right? And so he has the ability, even if he doesn't have the depth of understanding of the offense to go out and make plays immediately just off of the fact that he has something that you just, you're, you're, you're naturally born with. You just have that ability. Uh, So it does put you in a good position, I think in the quarterback room. And I've been saying this about the confidence I have in the quarterback room where I feel as if we have the opportunity to do something special just because we have enough depth to be able to pivot. If it, if it isn't looking perfect to begin with. 
Um, so I, I like where we are with the quarterback position, and I, and I understand, like I said, fundamentally what it looks like. Coach Harson and Coach Keesaw want to see out of their quarterback. T.J. Finley is providing those things. But he also was complimentary of the fact, I, I think it's important to note what he mentioned first about Robbie is his ability in the practice and the scrimmage to operate from the pocket because that's what he wants yeah. to see him do. He's like, I know you yeah. can run. I know at any given time, I know you can run. I need to know you can operate this offense, though. Right. And him being complimentary of that, I think, is important as well. Rick, we appreciate the super chat. He says, word at A&M is Calzada was far more injured than anyone knew, but they didn't have another option. Jimbo may have damaged him out of expediency. That's a mm-hmm. shame. If that's true, that's a shame. I, I mean, he was definitely that. playing hurt. I mean, yeah, yeah, we know he, he was he playing got hurt in our game. And he played yeah. the rest of the season and, mm-hmm. and clearly needed surgery on the thing that hurt him during that game. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if that was a Jimbo thing or if it was a Zach Calzada thing. I do know that he had been injured for pretty much the back half of that entire season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, coming back from injury can be a weird thing mentally for a lot of players. Um, I mean, I know this is a different We talk sport, about it with Alan Flanagan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how I was going to go with Alan yeah. Flanagan, right? Yeah. Like, we know he has talent, but... You know, for whatever reason, after the injury, uh, it took him a year to get back up here. And we hope to see that on the court this season. I think it might be a little of the same for uh, Calzada. Uh, but again, I, I just, I'm not buying. After what I watched him do in the field last year, I'm just not buying it that this guy is so far behind the other two, you know, from an, a cap- from an ability standpoint. I don't think that's the case. But, you know, again, you do have to you have to win a job in practice. I think Carson said that during one of these pressers recently. This yeah. is that, you know, we can't just disregard the things that we see in practice. Those yeah, things matter. Fair. Yeah, those things matter. And so we have to go by what we see in practice. And, uh, you know, publicly now we've seen a little bit of how it's played out in some, in some of the detail things that playing the quarterback position. And, you know, maybe he hasn't looked as sharp, but – I still think, you know, in case of emergency, Zach Calzada is not a bad option to have in your back back pocket. Yeah. Before we get to the break and before we continue on with this conversation, what does it say about having a coach who really does major in the details of preparation? Um, and, And he talks about just the things that he expects to see in a game. He needs to see it first in practice. It's an, it was a little irritating last year because there were some guys who we knew who were gamers right? and why they didn't see the field. But when you talk about building culture moving forward, these guys understand what is expected of them and they understand how this is how I get on the field. I have to be dialed in. I have to be pre- prepared for meetings i have to be prepared for practice like i have to be prepared because i will be even more prepared in games what does that say knowing that we have a coach who's preaching these things to these players i think it's it's the best way to get them prepared to be a professional like at the next level you're just going to be expected to come in and know how to do this stuff like they don't Mm -hmm. if you expect to contribute significantly early in your career if you have to play the catch-up game of uh how you attend a meeting or paying attention to the details um, in rookie camp, you're going to be behind the eight ball with some of these guys coming in, mm-hmm. right? And and if you aren't already in a position where, from a physical standpoint or from a hype standpoint coming in, you're not one of those guys, then that stuff is going to matter even more to your pro coaches mm-hmm. because they're going to be like, okay, this guy gets it. 
he understands how to come in here and go to work because that's exactly what it's a job at that point in time. B. Will just talked about like you understand who your workers are, who you can trust in situational places. Um, and as a professional athlete, you need to be able to have your coaches trust. So building that ability or that that habit in these young men in college puts them that much further ahead as they try to transition into being professional athletes. Yeah. And, and I agree wholeheartedly because you, we've seen guys come from programs that are terrible, not good college football programs, um, even on the, the lower rung on the G5 level, but they're like perennial backups in the NFL. And the reason is because they understand the game. They'll be the first guy to coach as soon as he's retired, because if you don't have the raw talent, you had to have something to keep getting on NFL rosters. And that thing that they have is a thorough understanding of the game and the concepts and the work ethic to show themselves prepared to be able to go in and take snaps if it comes to that. Because if teams go, well, I've got however many tens of millions of dollars riding on this guy. If I don't have another stud like that, at least let me go and have somebody in the game who I know is going to do what I think and want them to do. And that's what you you can earn yourself a job forever. What's his name? But Sean Mannion. I just saw a preseason game where Sean Mannion was in the game. Sean Mannion ain't that good, but he's still in the NFL. <laughs> Jeff Driscoll, he flamed out at Florida, went to La Tech. He's still in the NFL. Somewhere along the line, somebody teaches these quarterbacks fundamentally the most important parts of playing the game and the most cerebral parts of playing it. They grasp it, they hold on to it, and they've got a job for the rest of their professional lives. Nick and Foles has been fleecing it. people for uh, <laughs> for Who's a that? long time. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. It's a plenty of people been fleecing people. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Him winning that Super Bowl is what cemented it, but like he just been pe- people still believing that somehow Nick Foles is a starting quarterback somewhere. Yeah, man. Some some guys just have the sight. Somebody's some guys just have the sight, you know, yeah, and they can think do. their way through the game. Yeah, yeah. Austin Holland says a former QB that Harson recruited and developed is literally the OC Kellen Moore. Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Kellen Moore. Yeah, right. Another point. another great. Just some guys have the sight, man. They can see two steps ahead on the field. Um, they don't need to have the strongest arm because they know where they're going with the football. And it's a rare on. combination, though, for yeah. them to have the sight and the ability. And the right? ability. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. But yeah. Some, some some people just don't have that ability. But, hey, they, they know good enough to be able to continue to play the, the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the more you understand the game, the faster you can play. And the faster you can play, that puts you one step ahead of the people trying to stop you. Right, um, right. And sometimes that can be more valuable than than raw ability. I, I think that a lot of very very good athletes, we see it all the time. Whether it's running or throwing, they rely a little bit too much on their athletic ability rather than understanding the game. You know, Harson talked about some things. You know, the, the story about the cones. Right. That's not an insignificant story, man. Like players who have the awareness to understand a situation before you call a play. Mm-hmm. You know, I will go. I will point back to South Carolina of 2020. It never shocks me in end of the game situations that a quarterback goes out and doesn't understand. I have to do this or the game's over. I will never understand that for the life of me because I lean back on coaching. You know, uh, uh, first and foremost, I'm like, yo, did you not explain that to him? But it probably helps to have a quarterback who can go out there who you don't have to tell, hey, don't get tackled in bounds here or the game is over. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. and so I, yeah. I, I actually hearken back because he t- he was he made comments about just the entire team and their awareness. I know we'll get into that, mm-hmm. but like I hearken back to last year with the the Iron Bowl with Tank. It's like, hey, whatever happens here, don't go out. Don't you go out gotta go down in bounds. Like I don't yeah. care what, I don't care if you get tackled for a loss. It's gotta be in bounds. I know mm-hmm. you think you can beat this guy, and you probably can, but, but stay in bounds. But at the risk. But if you don't, yeah. we, we could lose. Right. So, so stay you know, in yeah, yeah, that's a gamble you're going to make. You have to win it or it's the game's over or we're probably going to lose. Yeah. I just I just think that those aren't, you know, people will hear those stories and write that off, but that that what we're talking about that situational awareness meant the difference between two wins or losses last year. Yeah. If you think about it. Sure. Iron Bowl uh getting away from a punt yeah, South Carolina. Yeah. Sure. Right, like, yeah, like I mean, I mean, we're 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 maybe talking about an eight-win team here, or nine-win team with that situational awareness that he's talking about. So I I don't think that can be understated. Yeah. Well, he said he said it last year. If we're going to play for championships, everything, everything you do, we do matters. Yeah, it matters. <laughs>